Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out reno.ie slash GAA to find out more. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. If I to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi folks, how are y'all? Uh, we're later in the week this week, but uh, happy Thursday to everybody out there and uh, hope you're enjoying the lovely, it's a bit colder, but it's lovely and I think the forecast is very good right up to Sunday at least anyway, so um, Saturday, hopefully great day for the first of the semi-finals and uh, hopefully it'll hold for Sunday because we know Crow Park uh, will obviously be in good shape. So you're welcome along to the examiner hurling podcast uh, in association with Renault. Um, Thanks very much to everybody today. We again, TJ, Larry, uh, Mark, and we're delighted to be joined from the Marble City by Brian Hogan. How's things, Hoagie? All right, Dello. All good. All good. Good, good man. Hoagie, feeling confident? Ah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're always quietly confident up this part of the country. Be an awful lot of, like I know we're in lockdown now, would it be an awful lot of water for people working in Kikini and vice versa? I'd say if you ask a water person, they'd say more vice versa. It tends to be right. more like a Kenny people going home to Watford working. Um, the wood, yeah, Southeast, I mean, the Southeast. Yeah, the Southeast. I South Kilkenny, like you, Munlavat, Bally Hale, Munkine, you know, all the way to Cow Island. They all, you know, there's huge crossover there between marriages and work and the whole lot. So there's always great banter anytime, um, you know, we play at Watford. And you'd always see the South lads, you know, it could be, there'd be nearly another, an extra spring in their step when they're playing yeah. Watford, you know, because. You know, again, lots of lads that go to college down there and whatever else, so they, they know each other so well. And 
you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it'll be right. There'll be great cracker, right? Um, in the, yeah, the up to that's this. always depending on what part of the county you're from as well, isn't it, lads? Like, I suppose TJ for you would be tip rather than really? clear, even, and the lads in the city probably be clear rather than tip. <clears throat> you know, yeah. the same with us. I mean, the fellas from North Clare, Tubber, and that, like, it's always Galway. You know, <laughs> the dynamic is different depending yeah. on what part of the county you're touching on, like. Yeah, correct. Because even like for us, it's definitely Tipperary. But I was even up kind of, uh, I was up uh, at an event in Thomas's there before. I was kind of in the north side of Galway. I was kind of saying, geez, wouldn't it be great if Mayo could win All Ireland football?" And it was like treated with disdain, practically. <laughs> from yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely, yeah. Uh, the neighbours. I think you referred to them before, Dale. As nice neighbours, it's nice to keep them like just reasonably quiet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And your nice neighbours now are a confirmed football county as well after the weekend. After the weekend, yeah. Good to see them wearing the green and white. Obviously, brought them plenty of luck. But uh, yeah, um, fantastic win for them. It was just a great weekend for for football in terms of. Uh, Kevin and Tipperary, obviously. Like, so it's a very, it's a very open-ish feel to it if we could just move dubs out to one side. Like the rest <laughs> of it's kind of nice and open. And it would be, it, I, I don't have anything against Dublin football. Obviously, they're an incredible team, but it wouldn't be just an amazing year if one of the other three won the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, um, Mark, I heard you had um, a substantial sum on the double, ten to one and five to one, Kevin and. and uh, Kevin and Tipperary, yeah, just uh, had a small bit of an interest on it, just being the year that's in it. I mean, uh, a good friend of mine, Ray Rochford, who's been involved with me since I was uh, under 12, actually, he was manager of the under 12 team in 84 when we won the county, but he said to me six weeks ago, I said, there are seven teams left in it in the football championship, and he said, would you believe that four of them played in the semi-final? So with a small little tenor each, a tenor double on the two of them, five to one and eight to one, so... Uh, it was a great little interest that the chances of the four teams coming out again in a hundred years later. So there you go, Dale. I was roaring at the television. Yeah, no, I didn't get that memo. Did you get that one, did you? No, <laughs> no. And I tell you, if he, if he fell out of Burton's window, he'd land in a suit this <laughs> year. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Come here, hold on a while now. If you're, I was Kieran Kingston, I'd be getting on the blower to get you in for 2022 straight away. I hope you're doing the lot of numbers because by Jesus, I'll tell you. Yeah, whatever you touch is turned to gold. Oh, so come here. So look, you have to keep trying, Della. Keep that's trying. It, that's it. Yeah. We had enough hard days in the bank to two of us and we not. By God, we did. We did. By God, we're after we're after setting sale. You're going down the media way, but I, I have to continue in the finance side of things. There's still a yeah. few farmers still out there, Della, that have a few quid, like you know, that need to to part with it. So you know, and, and if, especially now, they're you on the one milking at the moment now. You go away with you. There's farmers out there that are stacking it up at the moment between PUP and carrying on everything. Is Donny managing okay out there, TJ? Too slow, too far. <laughs> yeah, it was a good story last week. That got a bit of traction, didn't it? But uh, yeah, oh he's, he's quiet at the moment. And to go back to what Mark said about the farmers in general, they're not doing that much giving out. So that'll kind of probably tell you its own story, doesn't it? But should, oh, yeah. but should the, the Camille, their whole weekends are taken up on a Saturday and Sunday with the GA, and you'd have to take your hats off to the way the whole year has panned out now that the GA has become a critical thing for people at the weekend on Saturday huge, and Sunday. Huge, yeah, huge. Even for ourselves there now, we had a bit of misfortune here in the house with being close context. I was in close context, so I was locked down. And um, God, the, the Saturdays and the Sundays has the last couple of weeks, I mean, last two weeks, I mean, just unreal, like to be able to yeah. throw yourself down and, and uh, <laughs> right up to the Sunday game at the end of the weekend like it's really something to look forward to and, and even would we be on late in the week lads all the messages we've got on Twitter and private messages like you know shout out there to 
Podrick McElligot and Atlaka there. TJ said he's getting too much work done this week. Do you ever hear of a Limerick man getting too much work too done? Too okay, okay. Too much work, so. Yeah, well, great messages from our regulars. And uh, yeah, look, that's the football is the football and we have to allow for it a little bit as well. There is a nice bit of interest in it besides Kilkenny. Um, so, <laughs> lads, we'll have to have a look back. I suppose, does Ken Hogan flagged it for us, I suppose, when I questioned maybe the early games in, in the provinces and he just said like, you know, wait for knockouts, they and, and the provincial finals as well. I suppose he did. And I, I guess the standard has been ramped and ramped every week we've gone on and last weekend, no doubt about it, like it went through the roof nearly on Saturday, didn't it? On a fairly soggy Gaelic grounds. Now under the Mackie stand side, TJ, again, is that bit is always soggy, isn't it? Come this time of the year, there's nothing you can do about that really with the shadow. Um, but they served up <laughs> classic again, didn't they? Yeah, it was a it was a great match, um, great finish to it, and obviously it ebbed and flowed, and you know a great game for Galway to win. They win six points down in that second half at two fifteen to two nine, and it didn't look great from at the time. Yeah, I, I would agree with you saying there, even though the pitch in general was pretty good, it does get soft there. And look, I was frustrated myself watching the game at times in the first half there right? between the sun and the shadow and the cameras, and then I was trying to find out where certain players were playing and the TV wasn't telling me and then they were telling me players that were wrong players and everything like that. so I was frustrated during that first half it improved in the second half but to go back to the match great game for Galway to win there was probably maybe even an argument that they didn't play as well as they did in the Leicester final but the bottom line for them is they won and that was the key thing and what I will say is towards the end of the game at two points down in half showed the kahunas like they were two points down you probably would have taken a point at that stage to come back it wasn't a gimme goal chance no it probably wasn't it was an easy point but great goal that was the platform to go on and win the game and it sets them up beautifully for the semi-final the coming week it does yeah and um, I suppose there was a bit of controversy in it Brian you know with Obviously, Kyle Barrett, there mightn't have been too much sympathy for him down uh, Northside after last year's Ireland. But uh-huh. I mean, the first yellow was just a too quick a reaction from Johnny Reffin, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I know they do it to set down markers. And I said it in my piece, you know, I think, you know, Ryan O'Dwyer was always one for me that I, <laughs> he used to get a yellow nearly for nothing most yeah. games. Like, you know, I know. just just to put the mockers on him and the warnings on him, but it cost you maybe sometimes, and I suppose it did cost Tip a fair bit. Now, in fairness, I think the goal was more significant than the extra men, but of course the extra men was probably the, led to the goal as well, and that Ian Hart was able to get up the field, but definitely the Aye. first soft yellow, was, was, it's hard going if you get it, especially as a defender, isn't it? Yeah, look, exactly. You get, a, you, you get a, an early yellow, you know, it puts you, you're on the edge for the rest of the game. You have to, you know, you're walking a tight line and I think you know it was interesting I just thought some, some of the decisions were a bit you know it was it was a bit a bit quick on the whistle you know I mean I remember early on in the match uh, Dahi Burke caught a ball over Canlon and he blew him for you know and gave a free in for nothing as far as I could see I mean I, I don't know how you can contest the high ball without having contact and he claimed that Dahi was using the hurl I mean there were a couple of instances like that and uh, you know look I thought he ref he officiated the game you know, pretty well. But I just wonder, with the lack of a crowd, you know, one or two decisions like that and the crowd would be going mad, you know, because you want to let the match flow. And, you know, it might have... Um, that's where the, the influence of the crowd comes in, particularly in the Gaelic grounds where you're in on top of the, the, the players, you know, and to be pulling their hair out. And would he have been as quick then to give out, you know, a yellow carrot and that kind of thing? I don't know. But but regardless, I mean, yeah, look, Carl Barrett, he was on a yellow, 
it was it was a wild second stroke. You know, I thought it was you know it was needless. It definitely had an impact because Aiden Hart popped up right in in Carl Barrett's zone, if you like, to to score the goal. You know, um, so it, it certainly had an impact. Um, there won't be a huge amount of sympathy down the kick anyway. No, I mean we were on the receiving end of it last year, uh, to be honest. <laughs> but um, but it's you know it's it, it's one of those ones. You know, I, like I have to reference T, um, Aiden Hart. Um, you know he's been some soldier. He's some given some service to Galway and. He's gone, he's hugely underrated. I mean, I would have marked him. I think he, he would have started with Galway in the forwards, um, you know, but he, and he's, he's on the last couple of years, he's been immense for Galway in the backs. He's been very consistent. Um, and I suppose it just to- shows you the kind of the, the confidence of the guy himself and I suppose the evolution of Hurling in general, where you're, you're a cornerback and pop up 20 yards out from goal and, and score effectively, you know, the decisive score of the game, you know, and uh, as TJ has mentioned, the easiest thing, and I know I would have probably just tapped it over the bar and ran back into the position. So, you know, it shows the, I suppose, the, the game manager from his perspective. He knew that, uh, you know, a big score at that stage was was going to be decisive, and to be able to execute that as well was was serious. Yeah, Mark, and the goals over the weekend were huge, weren't they? And, and we always, you know, we'd be doing a bit of coaching, and we'd be always on. We'd even get the goalie to talk to the, the forwards mm. about lads. What type of shot do you not want to get here? Yeah, and uh, he, the goalie will say straight out, lads, when you keep it low, even if it's not a great shot. Yeah, Jeez, for her to have the presence of mind to execute it that way was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and like both the Aiden Hart goal and also the goal against the Waterford Key for Stephen O'Keefe, I think, um, went down fairly early as well. He looked like he was trying to scoop the ball away and save it at the same time. But I mean, there was there was fantastic goals over the the, the, the two games that were played Anthony, over the weekend. But Hart wrote a fair bit, and it was probably the defining score in the game that gave them the push on because. I thought Galway actually struggled uh, to get over the line last weekend and I thought they rode their luck significantly, even though I would say one of the goals that happened in the first half should have been cleared. Um, I think Shane Cooney went to the ball yeah. in, the, uh, in the 21 and he failed to pick it. He kind of more, he, he, he got stuck in translation really because he was just looking at the ball. And um, But I, I think overall... The, question, the biggest question going into the semi-final this weekend this was in that game is how much will it have taken out of the legs because I felt, and you have been making this point on the pod all year long about the, the pitches, I thought the Gaelic ground was very, very heavy. Uh, and I think it'll take a lot out of the Galway team. Um, and whether they'll be able to recover Anthony in the space of seven days to, to, to go to Crow Park and give a good performance, that'll be a big question. That we'll, we'll be discussing again in a minute. But I think overall, the other thing that I suppose from the game is that Seamus Canlon went through for a goal uh, opportunity where Adrian Tui pulled him to the ground and this is becoming a bigger and bigger feature now. And sure, I'm bringing this up every week and you're telling me you no, don't no. want the black card brought in like... I don't think I... I don't, I don't know if I've been on that at all but I think it is quite obvious at this stage that something is going to have to be done for it. Um, you know, whether it is a penalty, I think that was a 21-yard free... I think we made the point... The, you know, that semi-circle that goes outside of the... Um, outside of the 21-yard and I think it's any... Professional, well, let's call it professional foul or all sporting opportunity. If one of them created within that semicircle stroke the 20 yard line into the goals, I think it should be an automatically penalty. I think that would be my first and foremost. Whether I'd be going to black card, I can see where there's going to be an issue for the club game for referees that if it's a black card, they are going to find it very hard or a sin bin to time it with maybe one or two or three fellas could be going off the field. The easiest thing is to give a penalty. If there is a free, and, and I think that semi-circle outside the 21-yard line, that to me would be the, 
would be this, the simplest way to sort it for the time being because it's becoming too prevalent now. But just, just to balance the books on it as well, there's no doubt that Ronan Maher as well on... on um, oh, Kinvara, Conor Whelan, sorry. Uh, Conor Whelan going through Ronan just caught him by the jersey because he knew he was gone from him like as well. But yeah. all of us, the ones we're thinking about are the ones with just a couple of minutes to go because a black card is going to make no difference to them anyway. Like, because... The other crowd yeah. need a goal and, and why not take you? We saw the, the Mayo lad doing it in the football match against Galway. Like, that's right. That's right. Just, that's right. He says they're yeah. not letting you in for a goal anyway. So yeah, but like so- if, if, if that semi-circle was there and it was a penalty, Anthony, because there was only two points in that football game that, that day, I don't know would he have pulled them down in that entity because he was safe in the knowledge that there was probably going to be seven or eight fillers on the goal line and the bubble. The, the chance of getting a goal were very slim, but if there was a penalty to be given away on a one-on-one scenario, then it might be slightly different. But it's the same foul all the time, late in the game. Team, the team that are leading seem to be always get, get, getting fouled. And you know, if, the, if a goal opportunity, I think if Tip got the goal that way, they, they'd, have, they'd have actually won the game, Anthony. And yeah, it's a great they, credit. Yeah, yeah, they, they credit. will. And I, I, I thought Callan as well was one of their best up front in fairness team. Dahi did have his. Yeah, and the free was harsh. I agree with Hoggy, but geez, the first goal, like to be able to sense that Dahi had slipped. Yes, and, and he, he nearly he, changed his mind midstream, didn't he? And said, Go yeah, on. Yeah, I was actually looking at, at Dahi Burke and I was saying to myself, Would you get up with you? Because it looked like uh, Callan had bought himself about two seconds and now all of a sudden Bob was in the back of the net. But I'd have to say, his goal and Kyle Mannion's goal, like the two of them were struck right into the corner. I think it was a cannon got the other goal. They were stuck right yeah. inside the, the post. I mean, that is, it takes fair skill to do that for players, like because the width of the post, and we saw David Clifford with a magnificent football goal in, a, a number of weeks back, and, and he did it against Cork in the semi-final as well, and hit the, the, the top of the stanchion. So, I mean, the quality of play from the forwards in both courts at the moment is fantastic. Unreal levels of skill. And it, is it the manner of the tackle, lads, Hoagie or TJ? You know, when you see Adrian too, he like, you wouldn't, have gotten the tackle a mile over the road in torment like do you know <laughs> it was perfectly executed like or you know if it was a clumsy do you know I, I'm looking at the football as well over the weekend because I'm not else to be doing but I did, the poor old Kevin lad that got the early black cards it looked as if it was an accident but yeah, you know when you see the blatant you're not going any further here and we, we all remember Joe Barley going to ape with, with John Kevin uh, he's not a man Kevin, yeah. <laughs> uh, and all that but I think it's the manner that's going to cause Congress or whatever hurling rules committee. And TG, you've probably rallied against it more than anyone here on this show. Like I have, yeah. I'm not, I'm not convinced at all. As I said, I, I think we need to get the current rules and the current referee up to speed exactly with helping them, number one, and with the current rules. But you Jesus, another... TJ, what, what help do you need there? Like, I mean, sure. No. Kellner's in on the goal. Like, he's about yeah, to but, pull the trigger. Yeah, I know. But, like, if you take... The, the Galway goal, the first Galway goal, Carl Mannion. Like, I know that if you were coaching a defender there, right, you would have been Anthony Lamar to wrap him there, right? You, like, you wouldn't have left that open for a shot away, right? So it's a balance between the coaching, not conceding a goal, and then the blatantly obvious, right? But like VAR, like what we've discussed already, where does this go? How far does it go? How far out do you go? What's a clear goal scoring chance, right? And in a professional 
organization like the FAA can't get this anywhere near right because there's bananas decisions coming up, right? I can't see us being able to get this right, and I think it'll cause a lot of confusion. I do think, like Johnny Murphy, he works in Lachlan. He's selling cars for Dandoolis. I'd meet him there on a regular basis. He's a genuine GEA man, right? His father was refereeing for him. He does understand the game. There's probably fellas in his ear. He's trying to get all these calls right. The first yellow card did look reasonably innocuous enough, but I didn't see Carl Barrett complaining no either. No, there's a bit like, you know yourself, Dale, if you have an aim for getting up early in the morning, you could stay in bed all day, right? Like Carl <laughs> Barrett, Carl Barrett has that in terms of... They're most of Max farmers. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, okay. But Carl Barrett has that and he got the yellow card. No, there's also a part, I, I, I don't say this with any sort of whatever... <laughs> greatness or anything like but I got a yellow card a lot of days right and like don't, when, you're, when you're on a yellow right you have it's different thing you, you you have to be that little bit smarter right and like Carl left himself open I think and he gave himself no choice like he could have sent Jake Morris as well I, I agree it was accidental but it was a slap in the helmet there for the hook right and I know again there in that case the initial yellow to me looked harmless and I don't want cards and I don't want fellas sent off but it's a tricky one. So for me today, Delo, until we get what we have right, I'm saying no to the black card, no to the sin bin, and no, no to, to the, the penalties. penalties. <laughs> yeah, Hoagie, Hoagie, will you be in bits like, um, you know, if, no, I'll, I'll reverse it the way I was going to say it. TJ, you're two points down. You've made a massive comeback from seven. TJ's bearing down on goal and Conor Prunty, not saying you two will do it, Conor, but that Conor Prunty dives and, and, and absolutely takes him out of it and TJ goes for the goal, it's saved, and Walford in the other final. You'd say that's I mean, okay? Well, I, I've been thinking about it all week, to be honest, Dale, because I'm, I, I felt over the last couple of years has been a kind of a, a move, you know, there's, the GA seems to kind of have one particular thing in their head for the year, and they really drilled, drilled home on that. It was head-high tackles. Where I didn't think there was a major issue with head-high tackles, but they were honing in on any sort of touch. There was, uh, you know, there's been a couple of things like that, and then, the, the officiating has, has very much been to the to the fore of you know trying to benefit the forwards. I, I felt you know, and, and and it's becoming increasingly more difficult for for defenders. However, you know, and, and to, the, to the detriment of almost some of the physicality in the game, which you know we all love. I I wouldn't say there's been any terrible strokes or terrible tackles in matches over the last number of years I can remember. But I do think there is an issue with this. Um, you know, you mentioned the Daniel Amara. Piece. And that was just poor defending. You know, that was a guy who's not a defender being found in the wrong position and caught Mannion taking advantage of it. You know, as a defender, he should have shown him, uh, you know, we all know he should have shown him the end line and kept him that goal side him. Um, the other the other incident, I mean, it, I think what, the one that we're really bothered about is the one that's like blatant, you know, he's through on goal and he's hauled down, yeah. you know, and there's no attempt to play. And we all know what he's doing. And as, if we're on the defenders team were saying fair play to you. You know, if you didn't do it, why didn't you pull him down? And if you're in the opposition team, you're pulling your hair out because it's a clear goal chance. So there's a difference between, you know, you know, if there's other defenders back and your man is just rash and just panics and pulls the guy down, and a situation where a guy is true on goal, the writing's on the wall and he's he's just cynically hauled down. I think in that situation, there there has to be a you know a, um, I suppose a penalty of if for want of a better word, you know, or um, and what that is, I don't know, but I. I I do think we have to be very careful about it because you can see the disaster of a situation we have, you know, in, in the other sports with VAR, as he just mentioned, you know, where people are just too quick to make rules for, for an issue. And then they don't, they don't think them through properly, you know, or don't, you know, spend the time. Uh, and then as a result, then we spend more time trying to, trying to rectify the mistake. But I do think this, yeah. this situation in itself, for whatever reason, this year 
uh, you know, more so than any year, we've had a couple of instances, you know, similar instances. Um, so it is something that, look, they're probably, they are going to look at. Um, and I think they probably do need to look at, um, you know, but what the answer is, I mean, I, I don't know yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure. Well, but. I, I mean, I, I, I'm like, you, you all remember against Niall Burke and Dylan's yeah. the fine was exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah. He had him hauled down. So like, that is the tackle that needs to be eradicated. And that is a goal-scoring opportunity. I think the ref needs to be given the power to make it on the night, but you have to extend out where the foul potentially is going to be. And, you know, whether that is the 21-yard line in, whether it is a, there's a square there, or you extend it out to outside it, you know. I, but I, I would be inclined to give a penalty first before we go to a black card or a swing bin because I'm conscious that one rule could be there in the county. It'll have to come down to the club game as well and it'll be impossible for referees to be able to do their job at club level and also be able to time sin bins and stuff for that so um, but it is the same tackle Brian that's going on all of the time and something's going to have to be done with yeah but do I think I say Mark is like that tackle it's the we can see the blatant one but like they yeah. know in the inter-county game today right how many smart cornerbacks right they might be preempting this. They're getting the drag in early. Like they know there might be a goal scoring chance on. I think this would cause consternation. We can't get what we have 100% right. I would, but TJ, to be fair, we have 95% of it right, to be fair. Like we're actually, we're actually only talking about a couple of incidents every weekend. And you go back a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about technology. We've had a weekend of Holland. I don't think there has been any need for technology. And, you know, if there's a need use it like go back to the normal grad goal incident that was only one incident and we we've played a lot of games this year where there's only small requirements so we must give credit to the referees lads they are getting a huge amount of decisions right every weekend but we also seem to be harping on the stuff that that has gone wrong like in fairness to to johnny murphy last weekend the the yellow it was a yellow car by jack morris but he used his common sense and said no it wasn't an intentional foul and he didn't give him the yellow car so, you know, I, I haven't fallen out with any referee in my career. Have you fallen out with any referee? Um, one or two, yeah, but never long term. Never, never okay. held. Like might have been, might have been cold enough the next time I met him, be it in a pub or something like that. But uh, no, long term, I normally talk with people afterwards. Yeah, I'd let it go eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like Johnny, Johnny couldn't have had a bad game to get the game we got. Do you know? But it's just particular incidents. I suppose the overturning of the what we thought was steps. As well, we, 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 we found that unusual as well, yeah. I suppose, at, at the time. But seemingly there was another offence there that he'd, he'd actually played the ball in his hand or whatever, threw it up and caught it, let's say. But, um, um, I suppose, Anthony, the, the other issue that came out of the weekend uh, on the refereeing side of it was Liam Sheedy and Don Lowe pointed out the fact that it was a Limerick referee. And I think Desi Cahill probably should have expanded a little bit more on Sunday night and what he meant by Johnny Murphy getting the game. But I think the point he was trying to make is that Limerick were in the All-Ireland semi-final and there was a good chance of the winners of this game were going to be uh, playing Limerick in the semi-final, and potentially that is a, there's a small conflict of interest. I think that was the point that was that was trying to be made. So I don't think there's any require. And like, and we have this weekend coming up, we have Fergal Hogan refereeing Kilkenny and Tipperary and Waterford. Waterford. With, with a former Tipperary player in the Waterford ranks, I don't see. We played, we played with him. Uh, played with him, man. Yeah, you you're just asking for. I didn't know that, no, but you're, you're just yeah. asking for trouble in that situation. Like I, I can't understand how James Owens hasn't been given that game, and Fergal Hagen could ref the other game. So, but Mac, the referees will tell you that they're 
practically a professional organisation. They're doing to the best game they can. Like, I think Don Logue was wrong myself calling out Johnny Murphy on the Sunday yeah. game. Like, there's loads of those incidents up and down through the year. Obviously, Johnny Murphy doesn't talk to Don Logue or whatever the situation is. But, but I think he was wrong. He wasn't calling out Johnny Murphy. He was calling he, out the association no, no, no. Johnny he, Murphy in chat. At, at the start of the conversation, Mark, he called him out about the first incident as to why he gave the yellow card. Yeah. We don't have that happen up and down the year. Even the Sunday game, there was a blatant sending off in the Dublin game, which I didn't know what it was about, and that wasn't discussed. So I, I, I think it was a little bit unfair, but the referees will tell you that they're there to referee the game. Mm. Does whether Galway or Tipperary win have an influence on Johnny Murphy? Honestly, I think No. Now, maybe you have a point, but the association could make themselves a little bit easier for themselves. But bottom line for me is... And, and, really and, and look, TJ, to, just to, to be clear, I, I'm not, there's no pressure whatsoever, and I'm not knocking any referee whatsoever, but I am knocking, I am saying to the association, you could just, instead of mudding the water or blooding the lines, right, just take that issue away from the scenario. We all know the referees are going to go out and give 100%, but you just don't want to tarnish the afterwards. I thought, I, I thought it was a needless comment. I mean, it, whether it was explicit or implicit from, from Don Logan in terms of his intention, I think it, 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 it insinuated, you know, there was some sort of conflict with Johnny Murphy there. You know, it, it insinuated that he might be biased in some respect for, you know, as TG, you mentioned, you know, like, I think that's, it's not fair on the ref. I mean, his job is hard enough without someone coming on and saying, oh, he might be compromised because he's from one, like the, the pool of referees is small enough as it is. And to be honest, like, I think, if a ref is thinking about anything going into a match, I think he's, he's thinking about the guys who are judging him, you know, from the GA committee and how, what sort of job he's doing because they all want to get the next big match, you know, and I don't think he's too bothered about, you know, maybe who his own county are playing the next day or whatever. I mean, it just anecdotally, I, I, I was taught, I had a conversation there a couple of weeks ago with, with a referee who, who managed, a, I'll try and keep it as vague as possible, so not the implication, but who managed a, a match um, over the last couple of seasons and it was one of the best matches of the year and he, he let it go. And he didn't get he didn't get the, the 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 following big matches you know that preceded that. So he his his opinion was well I'm going to I'm going to reference according to the letter of the law as I'm told and it doesn't matter if it's if it flows or it's a good match if that's what they want that's what they'll get because that's that means that's what I'll get it means I'll get the big matches then that come after it. Yeah, and sure, Hoagie, we're the whole summer here like listening to the the great little All Ireland how good it was this year because <laughs> the referees are letting it flow. You know, but poor old Colin McAllister, who's the best referee down there, doesn't he's not in the Liam McCarthy panel then? I, mean, I, I agree. I am 100% in agreement with you there. But uh, uh, Brian, coming back to your point about uh, the referees, because your own manager for a long, long time, and he's there a long, long time, isn't such a great friend of Barry Kelly's now, is he? And he wouldn't well, be long, and he hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been quite in his opinions about Barry Kelly for a long time. I don't know. Has has he has has Brian wouldn't, to my recollection anyway, wouldn't have been hugely vocal and criticising referees. It's not his style, as from what I know. Um, you know, Brian tends to keep his opinions in house. I mean, I I I you know, I mean, look, I've had my run-ins with Barry to be honest about it. You know, uh, you know, a nice guy, but certainly on the pitch, he probably would have been one of the rest. Of would have been, I would have been a person in favour of you know. But but that's look, you're going to have that over the years, the clash. But I don't think Brian has come out publicly on TV criticising refs. Not not to my recollection anyway. No, he doesn't have to do it publicly, but he send his spotters. Yeah, I always found out that if you could get the referee talking, that you had a good chance to get. That, you know, if you, if you can say like, um, remember Dickie Murphy and a few of those guys. That right. when, you, when you came to the scene and the book was coming out, you said, "Well, Dickie, our things that you had a better chance, kind of uh, not maybe getting the cards and stuff like that." Right? Um, so I think um, maybe if Carl Barrett, the first one there, if he kind of gone to you straight away, so I completed his case. 
we might have a better chance of getting it off. The second one looked late. But just before we move on, we're kind of giving the referee. Well, I'm defending the referees. I want to put that on the record. I have a good relationship. Yeah, I'm not about to condemn them either. We're just uh, talking uh, uh, points. Everything's good. But we were playing a match one day. Just this is my only story for this week. Is that the only. <laughs> This is trending this week now. It's trending. It was um, it was Shane Horrigan who was refereeing, a good referee, and he actually he got, he got killed in the car crash since. Actually, great ref, but and he was going places. But it was a match in Kamalik one day, and uh, Donny was it was a tackle anyway, and the referee came in and he just cut straight away. He goes, Donny, I'm giving you a yellow card, and Donny goes to him for what? And uh, straight away Shane goes as loud as he could for a late tackle. And Donny goes to him, Jeez, Shane, that's very harsh. A late tackle. He goes, I got there as quick as I could. <laughs> <laughs> Did <laughs> a great relationship afterwards, son. <laughs> there's a there's a book in Donny, I think. Lads, we we could stay talking rules and officials all day. We, we, like the poor lad out walking, I'm conscious he'd be going about yeah. 15 kilometers. We don't keep moving. But, um, <laughs> and poor old Patrick McGilly getting that lucky. I won't get a stroke done at all for the rest of the week. <laughs> but, uh, no, look, Larry, I'm going to bring you in here a small bit, like. It's a funny place now with Tip. Like Liam came in, um, he did the business first year, um, and you know the back to back was the big thing. And a lot of us, well, I kind of thought they felt that it might work their way, um, but you know, it's a funny one now that a lot of Liam Cahill's twenties and twenty ones haven't been blooded, and 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 it's a funny position now. You're he's going into year three. Yet there seems to be lads that are coming near the end and not enough of the younger brigade. Like, we haven't seen enough of them now. We've obviously seen a fair bit of Morris, but the rest, I'm talking about the Brian McGrath, the Joe Browns, the Cadells, were all young Paddy Cadell. I suppose he got blocked down for the goal, but made an impact when he came on. There's no doubt about it. Sorry, Dad. I wasn't even listening to you there. It's all about the football podcast for me from now on. Like, um, yeah, I um, let the people we let the people speak on that. <laughs> Listeners, no, get your views in there and the reviews. I think, uh, I think it's nearly a free year for all the managers this year, in a way, though, isn't it? I mean, whatever plans Liam Sheedy had at the start of the year, maybe look if the year panned out a lot different, surely one or two of those lads might have been integrated a bit sooner, but. Given the way things panned out, I, d- I think it's nearly a, it's nearly a free shot at it, like isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't think there's any. There's not too much recriminate. I mean, normally there would be a week of absolute recrimination and tip after going out, uh, no matter what circumstances. But, but I, don't get, there, I don't get that sense, like in a way. Is there a possibility? No, aside from that, is there a possibility that no tip? It's a two or three year build. No, rather than like maybe if Liam had kind of intended to kind of stay two years or three years. No, is 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 it a kind of a two or three year project? No. Yeah, I suppose a lot of people are saying that the, the big five lads, the big the, the the big five are coming to the end. But I mean, geez, I wouldn't be writing any of them off either, though. Um, I mean, Shamey looked as looked as good as anybody there. Um, like the, the McGraths will be after a bit of a rest, will be rejuvenated next year. You would think. Um, I suppose there's look, there's I think they're in a reasonably strong position. You I mean to, you, you integrate three or four of the under twenties next year? I'm not sure I believe in this kind of project, Lark. Like, I mean, would you say they, they, if they win it next year, would it be ahead of schedule then? And, and uh, yeah, um, what to do the year after? You know, I, I think. I mean, there. If, if you were, if you started again in 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 March, Tip would be second second favourites for the All Ireland probably next year as, uh, as much as anybody. And yeah, I always felt be. like as an intercounty manager, anyway, your your challenge with putting out the best team possible <laughs> for that given year, like you know, so. 
Yeah. I do think that's a challenge. I just thought, you know, there was so much talent available that we'd have seen some of them sooner. But I suppose you're right, and that brings me on, I suppose, like, to the second game, because, you know, in Clare, Brian Lohan would be fit. There'd be no great recriminations either, you know. There would be a lot of positive people would have felt that there was a great start made, then we had the massive COVID break, and then you had to face into Limerick, and, and things could have gone really south, and I suppose brings us on to the second game on Saturday. Like, Clare came off, beat Leash, beat Wexford. Huge game, obviously massively talked up by people, but obviously just came up short against, you know, came up nine points short for a finish, but against a team that really, lads, looks to be going places and under a new management with that new structure, kind of markers let, let down from the start of the year with, with Noli and with um, Morris Shanahan. Shanahan. Like, you know, and even... The Philip Mahoney thing, there wasn't much made of it. No. You know, it was, it was, you can go if you want to, we're moving on. And they're really in the right direction, aren't they, Mark? Yeah, I, I thought they were very impressive on um, over the weekend, Anthony. Um, from the get-go, really, like, I mean, you know, Daisy Hutchinson was outstanding early on. And um, in particular, the first, the, the goal that he stayed outside the square, I just said to myself, that's great awareness. And I suppose we were talking about the offside trap and stuff, and, and having awareness of where the lines were. I went. I, I, I turned it back afterwards because I thought he was in the square first, but he actually seemed to have a foot on either side of the corner of the square to make sure that he wasn't in there. And I, I thought that short, fierce sharpness and awareness, but his, his ball that he brought back for Jack Fagan before halftime was, was out of the top draw stuff now, you know. And, and, and the goal, the second goal he got, okay, he got a bit of luck now that the ball broke inside, but he picked the first time and had it in the back of the net before he gave the defender an opportunity to actually catch him. So... I, I thought in general, look, I saw it on Saturday when I saw the league match below in Welsh Park when they had, we'll say, I won't say second string, they had seven or eight of the first team weren't playing and their fitness levels, um, their enthusiasm for the game, their desire to win the game was phenomenal. They, they showed basically the water of people, listen, we have a new manager, we're 100% in behind him. And I suppose, I don't want to be... Nothing Parry Fanning, I suppose he kind of was removed in the role and stuff of like that. And there was a certain amount of pressure back on the water for players to deliver for their county, then having done that. And they've, they've, and look, Liam Cahill has got an unbelievable tune out of them. And you know, I, I, I look, we were talking about the semi final, but I think they're going to give it a right rattle against Kilkenny. And for you know, to 2008, since they were hammered in the, in the All Ireland final by Kilkenny, and I think. I think I don't know is there anybody surviving from that time maybe Kevin Morn but this is a new fresh panel with no baggage whatsoever they have three brilliant players in Tyg de Burke, Jamie Barron and Gleeson at full tilt but Bennett has put himself Stephen Bennett has put himself right into that category of players now that is really dependable and is a go-to man in any game and he's capable of taking on any defender at the moment but I have to say, just on the, on the clear side, Tony Kelly was a massive loss in terms of the injury. We didn't get the true Tony Kelly, but didn't Shanahar stand up? Didn't Malone stand up? And like, without the likes of Conlon and Duggan, and as well as to a lesser extent, Galvin, Brian Lawn, I think, would be thrilled with his season. And he's got, you know, a quarter final, you know, shipped a couple of heavy defeats, but then recovered brilliantly. And probably the win against Wexford will live long in the memory, I think, of Brian Lawn. Yeah, I don't look. I was just texting him and that. I was texting Ken Ralph as well. Absolutely gutted, I suppose. Like everybody involved at that stage, you see the chance again to the semi final and you have momentum as well coming from the Westford game. But they will, I think, when they kind of Christmas, they'll say, Look, we've a lot to build on. And of course, for teams as well, there isn't too long to be 
You have to be Welling. thinking about next year fairly oh, lively yeah. now, the way things have gone. Was up to half time, TJ was as good a game again, like, wasn't it? As nearly, I suppose, Waterford didn't put their, would like Chanahur to hit back for Clare then and get his two goals. Like, and uh, obviously, Tony Kelly doing the ankle in the warm up. Um, and it's one of the things, as we got to know it, as I think, I hope there's no injury now. I'm not saying that, but. Parky was in brilliant order and you, you're used to playing on it but if you come from a couple of matches on different pitches and you're training on different pitches and Clare would have nowhere like that to train on to be honest like they're in Tullad they're in Tubber maybe Cusick Park the odd morning um, and they played in Port Leash and, and they played in, in, in Turles and Nolan Park and Parky Keeves I'm not blaming it on, on Tony's injury now don't get me wrong but I think the choice of boots and that and stuff for like mm. even for the park is is, is not no one, no one from Waterford have played there either this year, so I'm not saying that that is the reason. But he, you couldn't quantify what I'd like you to say, TJ, when we're looking ahead to this weekend's games. I'd love if Kelly was there in full flow and see Din how Waterford because there's no doubt for uh, Shanahan's first goal, they completely opened up the the tight the Burka system at the, at the back, yeah, with the overlap. What, what, what I really liked about um. Low in this year. I thought tactically in a couple of the games he played, I think he got him very right. And like it was very obvious from the start here that Kellum Lines was picking up Tony Kelly on a one to one, right? But very, very quickly, I see that Claire placed Tony Kelly at centre forward, which then forced Waterford's hands where they had to move Ty de Borka out of centre back, which I thought was very smart and it worked for them early doors. Like Tony Kelly, I suppose the wheels coming off there did rob the match of some bit of kind of glass. You cannot take away from Waterford. The only sting in the tail I have here from Waterford, Mark, would be is like Clare scored three goals, right? I thought Aaron Cunningham had two really, one exceptionally good chance to get another one. They created five goal chances. They're probably heading to possibly the king of the goal getters in Kilkenny, right? Mm. So that is definitely a concern for the weekend. But overall, the game was enjoyable to watch. Like, I probably questioned why Shanahar wasn't playing early doors against Limerick. He's a very good player. I thought we might have seen more of Aaron Cunningham, Ed McCarthy, some goal, like without a doubt. But I suppose the three key things for me is number one about Watford's fitness and energy is definitely a joy to behold. They're, they're just 75, 80 minutes fit now. They can go toe to toe and they were pushing on again towards the finish. What you said, Mark, there about Watford's big players, even Desi Hutchinson inside. Now you can nearly add him. He's a, he's a classic finisher. They have really, really, really good players. And I suppose, like, again, just that bit of belief. And they've beaten Kilkenny there before in the championship under Derek. I think Waterford in a great place. And I think that it just puts them in a great position for, for the weekend ahead. And they'll have a right back at this. Yeah, and, and Hoggy, we we didn't mention, I should have mentioned about Shane O'Neill's decision to take off. Uh, David Bork and Johnny Cohen at halftime and didn't seem to be injuries involved in said no we need to freshen it up afterwards and come up with a new strategy for the second half and like Cahill has definitely put an immediate stamp also on the on this Waterford setup. Yeah I mean he's his own man you know if, as you said right from the outset he's he's just said, said he's thought out in terms of the personnel he wanted in terms of the way he wants to be the game to be played you know um as you said that they, they look fit they look hungry um they've had a wretched last couple of years you know and you know at the beginning of this season none of us were really kind of marking you know or back in Watford you probably would have been down the you know, fifth you know you would have had your Limerick obviously in Tip and Cork and that but you know they're they're well, 
Landers is holding his hands up. Will you go out of that, Landers? You, you obviously don't listen to the podcast during the, all the podcasts. No, I, I, I just don't listen to you, Landers. That's the only part. <laughs> There's a special mute button when you yeah. hear the podcast. Yeah. Do you not know that? No. no. <laughs> Larry mute it. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. No, look. I, I, you're behind, Landers, you're behind the red button. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think I think yeah. Well, Walter, look. I mean, the both both managers have been have shown and not afraid to make the hard decisions. You know, um, taking Austin Gleeson off there. You know, in in the last two games was a big call um, by by Liam Cal, a guy who I felt if Walter were going to make any sort of impact this year, they needed to be firing in all cylinders. And the scary thing is that Watford have shown up really well, and Gleeson has hurled in in patches, but hasn't really kind of imposed himself on the game. You know, if you put Gleeson in the same bracket as Tony Kelly. You know, former hurlers of the year, and that you look at the way Tony Kelly has grabbed this season by the scruff of the neck. You know, I mean, the next day against Kilkenny, you know, it, the, the Waterford guys have been very consistent. The Bennetts have showed up really well. I think Crow Park, you know, Hutchinson is going to this is going to be made for for like Stacey Hutchinson with the speed and you know the, the hurling that he has. Then you throw maybe Ozzy coming into it, into the, you know, this is a big, big game, you know, and uh. Yeah, they're, they're a serious prospect, but yeah, Locale is massive, huge credit, and and I think it was referenced. Um, uh, you know, this is a season that kind of a gimme to a certain extent. You know, coming in, you know, no one was expecting a huge amount from managers in terms of what way it was going to pan out. So, I suppose there was a certain amount of pressure off Liam to, um, you know, if you like. But uh, it's been no matter what happens, it's been it's been a successful season for 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 Cal, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it'll be intriguing match on, on Saturday. I, I think there are signs there, Hoggy, that Ozzy is coming. I, I did think the yeah. last day. I thought he was getting on to some of the players around him. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was a lot better. There are two things for me in the two games as well, right? I think maybe you can start out maybe one of them, right? Is during the water break, right? It would be great if the analysts could kind of tell us about the formations and the setup because we're gone away from the one to 15. I was the what way a team is playing because it's a little bit frustrating. Maybe it's the frustration now for me not being at games, right? That's starting to really, really hurt. That's the first thing. The second thing is, right? It is useless, right? Having two brilliant readers of the game of Derek McGrath and Henry Shefflin, right? In Crow Park talking about a match on the Gaelic grounds. It just makes absolute no sense. We're behind the curve. I'm not sure whether it's financial, whether it's COVID, whether it's structures as they can't do it. But to me, it's just baloney at this stage. So we have a high-quality game. We're trying to find out where Joseph Cooney is playing. David Brooks has gone sweeper. The analysis data, some of them aren't obviously in your league, right? But look, fair enough. Fair enough. Do you know what I mean? We we, we have to live Thanks, and hope that the week the weekend they might be better, and the, the cameras will be better in Crow Park as well. They're just my two grapes from those two games. Yeah, one of my one of my toughest memories I have to say for the last couple of years was being up in uh, Salt Hill. I think watching Claire and Tip uh, do battle in Torles and we there for the Connacht football final, I think myself and Henry, <laughs> well, whatever chance of me hanging on for the Connacht football final, Henry wasn't going hanging on for it anyway. Like, you know. was it doesn't make sense though. There was Mayo lads sent us, where are you going lads? The big one is coming on. Like, <laughs> it was the day at Tomasa Shea caught yeah, me and the, the pizza. pizza as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you remember that, Landers. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you have all the signs of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although lockdown there now hasn't locked us too easy there with the daughters doing the cooking now. And yeah. Stick on a bit of garlic bread with that, Dad. I do, yeah, do, I do so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely. I have to knuckle down again now for the final, like, you know, it's, it's, it's process All-Ireland final is started already, like, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, TJ, it is, it is very tough. I suppose all down to money at the end of the day. And, uh, I suppose 
costs and setting up. No, I, I think in the current climate, it mightn't be that difficult just to have two fellas down there on the sideline. Yeah. And go up and sit in the stand and watch it. But I, I'll have I'll have Rory O'Neill and to be there and also <laughs> telling me how much it costs. So I don't know. I don't know. I suppose that's that's and, and, and I suppose the whole thing on Saturday was more misfortunate in that the match was so early and then the bloody Sunday stuff and the Do- Leinster football final was coming on. Both massacres were being were being looked at. Um, <laughs> but I thought I thought in fairness RT they made a brilliant job of the bloody Sunday. Oh, yeah. oh, brilliant. Oh, fantastically well done. And well, like, as, as, as a GA person, Anthony, like the amount of people from across all codes who said what a, what a job the GA did at the weekend and the commemoration. I thought it was fantastic. And the nice touch with the dubs again at the end of the game to go in later read as well. Like and but the overall context, Brendan Gleeson was just brilliant. How you know whoever came up with Brendan Gleeson to speak the words, superb. Yeah. And like we are, we find fault with a lot of things, but we must put up our hands and say that was a magnificent stroke with the GA and what they did over the weekend. Yeah, you nearly want a tactics board popping up on a side screen, TJ, you now to say, God, we're gone into the seven, one, five. One, <laughs> like, <laughs> does a role for it, you know? Like I watched, yeah. um, I watched Jamie Carragher on Monday Night Football explaining about the two city centre halves and Harry Kane. I'm not sure if you saw that. Obviously, sport is very good, and you know, sitting pretty top of the table. But Thank I you. just, I just think that in in like for people out there who just really, really know their stuff and who's marking who and looking for the matchups, right? Like it's definitely on last Saturday when Galway definitely changed and jumped into something different. We could have done with somebody there at the water break saying, look, this is more or less the formation. This is the way Tipper playing. Tipper alternating their free men, whether it's Brendan, whether it's Park, whoever it was. Like, it's good to know. We're trying to rock it off from the television and can get frustrated. That's all. Fair, in fairness, at, yeah, least Limerick, at least Limerick brought the old tactics board, you know, and we're, we're yeah, yeah. there trying to get a look at what's happening. We, we don't know if it's Limerick or the other crowd he's, he's looking at the hoggy. That's the thing. Yeah. But yeah, I suppose the one thing there, TJ, and you were kind of saying, like, well, taking the stuff with the referee and the decisions when Carragher is looking at a nil all 40 minutes into the game, like, and fairness to Brendan Cummins or Michael Dignan or myself, whoever's done court commentary, and it's 215 to 214 at that stage. Like, it's hard to be looking at the system. I, I, I did point it out, I suppose. I, that was a great battle with Joseph Cooney and Dan McCormack, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Just a, like that Cooney knew there was a sweeper and he likes to attack. So he's like, going to make your man think here. But yeah. McCormack is in such form yeah. as well. And he was. I, I, yeah. say that's, I say that's coming again too, Dale, would you say? Oh, I, 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 that's why I'm bullying. I'm not going to be there the weekend. Like, it's just torture like this. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to be in Crow Park for board matches and just to see the intrigue of the things that are being tried and to bring it forward. Let's, um, do, we, we had two more of our finals the weekend. Great win for Donegal yeah. in the Nicky Rackard against Mayo. And your old buddy that just to mind the house for your hoggy. That's right. Up with a big win in the Christie ring. I was just, yeah, I was going to say a big shout out to Harrow. Um, we're on a WhatsApp and uh, we, were, we were lamenting the fact he was going to, coming home from Croker with the trophy and no pints. No, you know, he was sitting at home in the house with the dog and the wife and having a well, pint. The wife of, and the dog might have looked for him when he was in the toilet, though. What's that? The wife and the dog might have looked for him if he went for a snooze in the cubic in the toilets. Like, he never went well, looking for him in City West. Well, he's fell asleep in many a toilets and they've never come, Kira's never gone looking for him. He can find his own way home. It's not, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, look, fantastic result for, for, for I suppose, for, for Hera and the Kildare lads. I know, I know just from personally from talking to him, the amount of work that's gone into it. And, and particularly this year, trying to, well, you're getting an insight into terms of the challenges it presented in terms of trying to keep the show on the road, you know, and treat, keep lads motivated. And, you know, he said that the lads were, you know, 
massive dedication, you know, to clear that anything you asked them to do, you know, I think they, they had quizzes and whatever else just to try and stay in contact via Zoom and just all these things that, that, that most county teams are probably doing and uh, look delighted for him. Um, you know, he's he's three or four years into his managerial career, you know, I know there's a few of the boys gone down the road and Harrow's been playing his trade with playing Dublin Camogie and, you know, Wakula and Wickle there. So, no, no, delighted for him. It was a great result and, uh he has uh, bragging rights over Fenno at least for the for the winter anyway. Yeah, Fenno and, and and with Down going up as well. Congrats to them on their season yeah. as well. Great season. Just the goals, I suppose, in both those finals, the 316, 22, and yeah, Down yeah. fighting back every time. But I suppose the um shout out to Ronan and the Down lads, they're going up as well. So with Kildare going up and down going up, Fenno surely has a good chance of the Christy ring next year. Uh, no pressure, Fenno. Yeah, no pressure, Fenno. No pressure. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> there's, there's some apprenticeship of uh, Kilkenny managers going on around the country the at the moment, isn't there? They've had plenty of time with the manager in there uh, at the minute. <laughs> yeah, and like, it just goes to show with these lads, like Mickey Hart, lads, wasn't idle too long, was he? Mm, absolutely. Great, great bit of work by Loud, you'd have to yeah. say. Super yeah, bit of work. I, I wonder, will they use him straight away this weekend, Mark, in a Laurie Maher final against Fermanagh? Will the, the loud county board say, Mickey, yeah, you want I, to get you started? Absolutely. I, if I was in that situation, yeah, 10 or 15, 20 minutes, have a chat with the boys, definitely. I mean, and he, not alone is he doing the single team, but he's doing the other 20 team as well. So they're looking at the long-term scenario there. Great, yeah, bit, of, great bit of business. Good, great bit of business. Good ambition in it. Yeah, yeah. good court, good court and razor there as well. Um, for right, Saturday yeah. evening's game, yeah. Looking ahead, lads, uh, massive again. Like uh, this was often a subject of debate. Uh, I was against it. I, I've said it on here before. The two semi-finals on the same weekend, but I think the last two years of the semis lads, have been just incredible. Like in the go back two years, the Clare Galway the extra time yeah. and the so, subsequent replay, and then that Limerick Cork match. I suppose it lives in everyone's memory, and you know, um, but. First of all, I suppose it's, be, it's a new rivalry that, you know, Watford haven't won in All-Ireland, but the Kilkenny-Watford rivalry has ramped up really since, I suppose, Justin's team made that breakthrough um, down, down in Cork in 202 and on, on to, you know, to meet and through qualifiers and, and, and backdoors and semi-finals and, and uh, the hiding and 08, obviously, but well, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge game now, Huggy, like, and uh, I don't know how you fixed like down there, like, you, well, yeah, personnel-wise. I mean, well, I suppose you mentioned rivalry first of all. Obviously, it's a right, you know, a big rivalry in the neighbouring counties. But I think for this group of players in particular, if you go back as far as you know, it was probably 2016, really. You know, when this really kind of uh, this particular group of players and and with Derek there, you know, that the the the, the uh, replay, you know, the draw match in Crow Park went down to Torles. We we got over the line that day in an epic. I think it was the same day that uh, Fenno did his Achilles. But um, I think there's there's um, there's about nine of the Watford team were involved that day that are involved at the moment and about eight of the Kilkenny lads. So you know there's there, there, there's a fair spread of them there. And then obviously the following year, then Watford got the upper hand in 2017. So the one thing that'll mean is that there's plenty of Watford guys there who have no kind of a, a fear of the the, the the black and amber jersey. They know what it takes to beat Kilkenny, and, and they know what it, it feels like to lose as well. So they, they, you know there's going to be no issue there. And obviously a lot of those Watford guys have won numerous underage titles as well. So, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're winners in their own right. It's going to be a massive, massive match. Uh, the, from a Kilkenny perspective, yeah, look, I mean, we're obviously missing Paddy Deegan uh, for the Leinster final. We're missing Billy Ryan. Uh, so the two advisors are back, you know, as, as far as I'm aware, Paddy's definitely back. And uh, they'll, add, they'll add options into, if for Brian. You know, I think that the plus is that Brian, you know, brought back in a couple of players like he brought Niall Breslin on 
who are nine Brazil, sorry, um, who you know show up really well for the for the 15, 20 minutes that he was in. Um, they 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 also brought in um I'm trying to think now who was the the Richie Connor Brown. Well, yeah. Connor Brown, Connor Brown. Yeah. I mean, Connor Brown, you know, had a massive impact last year. Came in the semi final, um, like in the other semi final last year, and played the final and you know, had a, had a stormer in both games, I thought, you know, for a young guy who came in, he's he's built for that position in midfield, you know, he's hugely athletic, he's powerful, you know, and you see the way he drove forward in, in, in the Leinster final as well, so he, you know, he had a really good game, I think he's back in the mix, and then obviously with the boys come back, Martin Keown showed up really well, so so Brian has options there, you know, which I think he'll need, you know, because I think um, from Walter's perspective with Liam Cal, we've talked about the way he's, he's molded this team and got them really hurling well, but he's also, you know, got a, got a bench there as well. You know, Patrick Curran coming on. You know, you've got Conor Gleeson there in the mix as well, who's been outstanding for him over the last couple of years. And I think, you know, they need that. They're going to need that. Um, but the big one, you know, from, from a water perspective, we've touched on it, was Ozzy. Um, and I think Crow Park, you know, it's interesting. The last two games, Aleem has kind of, he's, he's brought him off and TJ's right. There's been signs that he's, he's starting to come back into the form that we know. And I think it might be, I'm just wondering, is, is it... Is it a case where Liam knows he can do all the hurling, he can make the ball talk, but is he looking for him to do maybe more? You know, what is he doing off the ball? And maybe is it just a kind of trying to manage him, trying to, 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 to you know, keep him, keep him hungry, if you like, you know, that he's bringing him off, um, you know, with five, 10, 15 minutes to go, that he's trying to emphasise to, to, to Ozzy, look, Ozzy, I want this part of your game as well. You know, I know you can put balls over the bar from 100 yards, but I don't want you coming in out of the match. I want you really to do the bread and butter first. You know, a bit like what Cody does, you know, it took a couple of years for Cody to get that message across to TJ and, and you, we all know the, the, the harder the TJ is, you know. So I'm just wondering, is there a bit of that kind of process happening there? But it's uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a belter of a match on Saturday night for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mark, would you see Cody, like obviously Paddy Deegan and, and Billy, Billy's available, I presume, Hoagie as well, like. So yeah, 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 yeah. He, he hurt yeah. the hamstring uh, before the, the, the Leicester final. So, I mean, you know, um, you know yourself with hamstrings now and, and that yeah. is, you know, it's a couple of weeks, but talk is that you, he's, he's, he's you never had a hamstring, Mark, could you? No, no. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you couldn't never went quick enough. As Dr. Yeah, same, same, as, same as myself. As Dr. Khan used to say to me, like, you know, he said, you, you, you'd be up on the table getting the rub down and he'd say to the Masseur, did you find any fast switch fibers inside in those hamstrings? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, nothing, Khan. Nothing, nothing, redundant. <laughs> Will he stick or twist with the likes of Richie Hogan, do you think? Oh, he'll will definitely he... hold them. Not a hope he start them. Not a chance. Right. No, 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 no. He's guaranteed a performance from Richie Hogan coming off the bench, in my opinion. I, I think it's going to be intriguing. I, I think Billy Ryan would be in that starting 15 if he's fully fit. Um, the way Martin Keown and Don, John Donnelly played the last day, uh, They'll certainly be starting because that's the kind of fella that, that, that Brian, Brian Cody will pick, a fella that he knows he can depend on, that'll do the hard work earlier on. I think the one fella who might be under pressure is Walter Welch. I, I think, I don't, I'm not impressed with his performances so far this year, but I would say if, if you know, if he's looking at the water of a team, I think he'll look at the full back line in the water of a team and he'll say to himself, like Ian Kenny, Connor Prunty and Shane McDulty, are they capable of holding... TJ Reid, Colin Fenley, Owen Cody, the last, or a Richie Hogan or a Billy Ryan. There's five fellas there now that in the course of the 70 minutes they're going to have to come up against. I think if Shane Fives is available for Waterford, I think he will start. And I'd say there's a good chance that he, if 
TJ Reid is playing in the full forward line. I could see Shane Fies marking TJ Reid, and I could see Conor Prunty picking up um, Colin Finley. But I think they all. I, I don't see Richie Hogan starting, even though he's definitely good enough for the team. Doesn't the question doubt about that? But I think he's. If he's required to come off the bench, I think that is where he will be found at his at his best. And the, like, like you'd have to say that, that Kilkenny from the last day, you know, they have massive options. They definitely have a twenty man team at the moment now, um, and that includes the backs as, as well. So, like I looked at the the Leinster's, the first round against Dublin, Richie Lahey, Connor Brown, and Martin Keown didn't start. They all played the last in the Leinster, and they were all excellent. Like Richie Lahey went off injured, so. The big question is whether he's going to be available. But I, I've one man left out of the fantasy team, um, Anthony. I'm not going to be making a change until maybe Saturday. And I'm holding it for someone. I think, like, in fairness of Kilkenny, they always announce their team and they don't announce dummy teams. So I think we'll have a better impression of what's going to happen. Um, but no better man than Brian Cody to, you know, to put players in different positions to, to see all weaknesses and... I just think, I mean, I love the halfback line for Waterford, Kellum, Nines, Tiger Bucker, and Kevin Moore, and Jamie Bannon in front of him, was holding out of his skin. Jack Dillon got a massive shift out of him the last day. Uh, I, I think Connor Gleeson actually did enough, Anthony, to maybe possibly replace Jack Prendergast. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Um, I, I see Jack Fagan playing a, a former Mead player, but he brings a bit of hardness to it and physicality. Jack, I didn't think Jack was great, and I think Conor Gleeson has a lot of experience at this level. I'd be surprised if he doesn't start at the weekend. Yeah, I know, and I was surprised to see him as far forward as he was, uh, and you could certainly do with that last fantasy player doing well for you where you're stationed at the moment in the fantasy league, in a way, you know. Um, but I, look, hey, we'll hey, be I, looking for an improvement next year, actually, overall, that everybody must hit a certain standard on the fantasy team you know but well, I've only eyes I've only eyes for one position now Dale all right second is there relegation well look, there's a wooden spoon anywhere that <laughs> has been uh, donated by as you saw in the video there's a beautiful little wooden spoon early and he's either I'd say going to Either going to De La Salle or a Lock and Gales or to Killa, but Killa are definitely in the favourites. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we'll touch on that. Hoggy, yeah. just want to ask you, right? They've had yeah. two weeks with Kilkenny, right? And Cody never yeah. fails to amaze me. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I've done battle with him often enough to know that he's just a, a genius, really, on the line and the way he has re evolved as well over the years. But, like, they'd probably definitely have had one, if not two, good training matches over yeah. the weekend. Uh, say let's say maybe Friday and Sunday whatever yeah. of last week that'd be the norm wouldn't it when you have the two yeah. weeks and you need to keep sharp like if Richie Hogan showed up really well in those games like I, I know I can hear Mark and probably would be my instinct as well to hold him he made such mm-hmm. an impact on the Galway game but is it the way with Cody like, that he picks the best 15 and if Richie maybe destroyed Conor Delaney I'm not saying he did now I don't know anything about it who, who was on who yeah. or maybe he'd two brilliant games, one on Joy Holden, one on Paul Murphy, that he would start the game, that he'd want to start being Richie Hogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Richie definitely wanted to start. That's, that goes to saying, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, say so I too. Mean, I mean, he's clearly been showing for a serious form for him to be brought in in the Leinster final to try and turn it. You know, it was a Brian wouldn't play, uh, sentiment won't play a huge part in Brian's decision-making, you know, and just because Richie was a great player for the last couple of years, he's obviously showed enough. So if he's carried that form into the last two weeks, or at least anyway, they'll probably have had two solid good training sessions where they've probably yeah. hopped off each other. 
Um, it's quite possible that he'll go, you know, he'll, he'll look at, at, at starting him. I'd be surprised. I, I'd be along the same lines. I don't think physically Richie, you know, and I'm not basing that on anything other than the previous couple of years and, you know, what he's been able to do with the club, that 70 minutes is definitely, I don't think, he is not in his legs. Um, so I'd be surprised if they didn't, you know, he didn't use him coming in with 20, 25 minutes to go um, from that perspective. But, you know, again, I think they would, he would have looked at the match last weekend and, and you mentioned it, the, the full back line. I wouldn't be surprised if they target, you know, that in so far as putting TJ in there, trying to come up with some sort of plan to move Ty to Burka, even if it's only, you know, a couple of yards out of space or, you know, runners or whatever, and go for the juggler earlier, early, you know, it's the, the you know, it's go for the, you know, uh, hit the hammer or whatever they saying that Tommaso Shea had or hammer, the years, but hammer the hammer that's hammer the hammer there you go because you know it, it, there, there's definitely I won't say a weakness but the, the clear showed you know the, the, that there's there, there's an opportunity there with high balls in you know with Shanahan and look we're obviously with the lads and no and particularly TJ you know they, they don't need one or two balls you know if you get, they know that if you get an early goal or two you know it, that seeds it puts the seeds out in in, in water big time and it's you know they're they're chasing the game then and when you're chasing the game you know it, it means the tide of Burka has to push up a bit and then that's going to play into Kenny's hands so it'd be interesting that first 10 minutes to TJ's point you know we're watching it from the TV but I'd love to see you know someone can 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 tell us kind of just what way things are are are, are kind of settling down in the first 10 minutes to see what way Kenny are approaching but I'd, I'd be surprised if they don't they don't have something planned in that regard um, Dello, the four best teams on form are definitely in the semi-finals which is always good in any competition Kikini are slight favourites 4-6 I think there's one key stat sticking out of the four teams that are left right in just two games Kikini have more goals in five scored than the other three like Waterford had four goals scored Yermick only have three goals scored Galway had four goals scored so I think the, what Brian is alluding to there right? no doubt right I think Kikini and Cody will be hunting goals here. I think strategically he will be looking for a position for TJ Reid. Someone like Walter Walsh, Colin Fennelly, those guys will be crucial for Kikini. Um, so I think, like for me on that, I will be giving Kikini the nod. I think they're entitled to be favourite to 4 6. I didn't think they were brilliant in the last final, but they won. Their ability to get goals bails them out hugely a lot of the time. And I think it'll be a major factor the weekend. Yeah, look, I, I, I think the same. I think if they get ahead, and I think Hoagie has put a steer does right that way. And look, we, we probably suspected that they would go for that early. But if they can get ahead, it's a different position for Waterford compared to the last day. And you know, I think the likes of Hutchinson does an unknown quantity yeah. here. Like if this fella could show up with a massive 2 2 day, uh, anything could happen. But I would be giving the nod to Kilkenny as well, just. Just the stage we're at to get to the All Ireland final, and 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 uh, uh, I I be trying to go along with you, TJ Mark. Would you would you give your neighbours down there a, the nod? Oh, I, I I would I I I am a big fan of the Waterford uh, team to be fair, and I've been a fan for them for a you while have. now. You have, you um, have like like the Burke is definitely one of the best defenders in the game currently. Like we talk about Dahi Burke, we talk about Garrod McInerney. But they're big, physical, strong whores, like, you know. They're buckers, strong, but by Jesus, he got some hauling left and right. Mm. And he's totally, he's like Tace a man. as well, Tace. Yeah, he's like a man possessed at the moment. Um, He will be targeted by Kilkenny, like, they're going to go at him physically. And I don't know whether they're going to pull him off or trying to get him off the, the edge of the D and stuff of that, like, but they're going to go at him physically. There's no question at all about that. And he you've, mentioned, you've mentioned all along, 
and map that you thought TJ's best spot was 11 like oh definitely oh in my opinion and is, is that a case of hammer to hammer like yeah like and I don't think TJ Reid was too happy in the Leinster final now and he stayed inside in the full forward line for most of the game he didn't look a happy camper and the one opportunity came to him then of course pure class he, he strolled in for the goal like just and that that's a that's an assassin of a forward that you have in TJ Reid but like TJ Reid played all his best hauling in the half forward line where he's not at 100% flat out pace where he can drift around at 95% with a great touch. Um, like it will cause a problem for Waterford if TJ Reid is placed as centre forward. But I can also see the aerial, aerial bombardment. And maybe this is where Water, if, they hold, think, yeah. like, if they hold Billy Ryan and hold, and hold Richie Hogan, well, then Water could end up inside in the full forward line, quite possibly. Yeah. And then had John Danley on one side and Pat Massicione on the other side. And like what Walter did against Johnny Cohn a number of years ago, where he, he was picked on the Friday night and nobody knew who, who he was. And they lumped the ball in on top of Johnny Cohn and he got one three off and got better in the match. So there's a lot of things. I, 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 and I wouldn't be, wouldn't rule out Colin in there. He had a bad game the last day, Colin. Like, yeah, but he, he has been a great target right. man full forward. Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I, I mean, Colin Finley will bounce back, lads, won't he? Uh, there's no fear. Look, and I think even playing TJ centre forward, it's a bit like what Claire did with Tony Kelly. You know, if TJ plays centre forward, he's going to start picking off points from long range, which is going to force Tyg de Burka or Liam Cahill to make a decision. Though I push Tyg de Burka out, marking him, which he doesn't want to do. He wants Tyg to be able to sweep around, you know, so they're going to have to start moving players and, and changing, which then is going to create that space inside. For as you say, you know, it could be Wally, it could be Colin, you know, depending, they have the personnel. I suppose it's not just the one yeah. guy they need under high ball. They've got a couple yeah. of options. And, 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 I was going to say, Hogan, can you give us any sort of an insight as to Cody in the dressing room now before a game like this? Like, he, are we getting, like, w- what will be his kind of, I was going to say, his pre match last few words before you hit the field to play at Waterford? Um, most of his talking is done on the Friday night, to be honest, TJ. Um, kind of the, the, the format we would have done, like, you know, you go up to the Arcarla after the training session on the Friday night, there's the, the board is there and he just names the team. It's already written. He pulls back the page and he goes through it line by line, um, just kind of what he's looking for. And then it's very much the players on the day of the match, you know, and I've kind of spoken about this, you know, he's he's very good at kind of, um, I suppose, you know, he has these kind of lieutenants, if you like, you know, there'll be four or five guys there. Now it's an open floor if anyone wants to talk or whatever, and different players are more vocal and it can be, but he'll have these guys there, you know, and but he'll go around to every player individually as they're talking out. And he, what he's very good at doing is making you feel like you're invincible. You know, he'll go around and, and, and because I suppose of the, the persona that he carries, all it is is a look, you know, it's a look and a hand on the shoulder and telling you, just go take it over. And he's staring at you, he's staring through you, you know, that way. And you're like, no, water, I'm going, I'm going to fucking, you know, that's the way he approaches you, you know, and we go out into the warm up area um, and he'll say a few words, but it'll be the players that step in, you know, and as the teams have evolved, it's been different, a different set of players who will, Take it on, but yeah, most of his, I suppose, talking would be done on on the the uh, the, the the Friday night. It's funny one one match I do remember. I always remember that really stood out where he actually took took the thing by the reins at half time in a match and said, "Told lads, sit down and shut up." You know, I'm talking. Was actually Lim- was actually Limerick down in Turles. Um, I think it was the, the day Richie Power got a couple of clatters there. It was away in McNamara. He, he was stretched. Him. He was stretched off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it was it was the All Ireland quarter final. It was I was injured the same day. I was up in the stand, and I knew we knew at halftime we were in serious bother. 
you know. Shefflin got a goal that brought you back into it. He did, he did. He got the ball, he kind of lobbed it yeah. over. I think it was yeah. just the Nicky goal. But that match, we were in serious bother at half time. I knew, and we went in, and one of the players, you know, went to try and grab it by the reins, which is what Brian likes to see. But I think he even knew himself, no, this needs a different course of action <laughs> and had to take control. But that was one of the few occasions I remember, you know, where he was more vocal in the dressing room. You'll only get it here, lads, on the Irish Examiner Renault Hurling podcast, uh, the insight into Mr. Cody. And uh, Were you playing that day, TJ? No, I'd say that was probably 12 or 13, I'd say. I was yeah. well, well cooked by the yeah. stage, Jello, yeah. I'd say. You should have been anyway after dealing with me the late 90s there. They yeah, had to put yeah, up the picture of the programme there during the week. Three rhymes by featuring the National League. Can you remember geez. the match? No, my memory of those. I can't remember that. <laughs> no, I <can't>. like. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I think they'll we well you would anyway. You'd certainly be talking about the current day referees. You've been a lot of bother. I'd say you'd be getting a lot of talking. Talk. I would not. I would not. <laughs> I would maybe with this new microphone thing that Karma Costello got sent off for okay. whatever reason. It said I'd have been in bother with that stuff, right? But there's always a crowd there. Thank God we were. <laughs> so Ogie, we won't ask you. You'll be going for your own boys anyway. Um, we think yeah. Kilkenny to move through, I suppose, in a, in a great like, but we wouldn't be surprised now. What Dela Walford are not going to lie down, and no, the one no. thing I would, and even if Kilkenny go to the front, right, and they will they'll try and hit you with goals and stuff like that. I don't think this present Walford team are going to roll over to them at all. No. Like, you know? I'm just wondering, Dela, is we three a factor for the, for, the, for the couple of teams, um, which could come into play a small bit? Like, their game is built at high energy, massive work rate, massive fitness. Mm. It just it just might be a small factor towards the end of the game, also. Yeah, think, and look, we've two teams in that position this weekend. Yeah, there, so yeah, yeah. We have yeah, but but Waterford played in Parky Queeve, and I don't think it'll take as much out of the legs as what it will take out of Galway's legs, having played in the Gaelic grounds. They look extremely fit as well, don't they? Like she's the they were going, they were going stronger than the Clareby's. Now Clareby's run week three, of course. Yeah, then, but they were they were powering on at the end of it. Yeah, like, what like, after a very hard game, Anthony, for the week before against, the final. Oh. I mean, there's no no more physical team, and like there has been fierce physical battles in all the games so far this year. But the ground surf, the surface of the ground makes an awful difference, I think. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That Sunday is is mouthwatering as well, and for all other reasons as well. Like you know, just just an incredible matchup. Uh, the two eighteen final, the two seventeen champions, the two eighteen champions. Galway not coming out of Leinster then last year, and everyone saying it was just caught on the day, even if. Wexford or Kilkenny had won that drawn match down in down in, in Wexford, I think. They'd have they'd have got through and um people have been waiting for this match, like really. And and I suppose with Michal Dunu going off the scene, there was a wonder would they be changing Galway? But Jesus Shane O'Neill has really impressed me, lads, with his coolness, his decisiveness on the line. Even his even his talk after the Lens of final, his interview. Yeah. yeah, do you know the way he did it? said frustration. No, not frustration, uh-huh. he said. No, we look at us, we look at a Coley and we have a massive one now next week. And she's like it's party very measured right through and very impressed with him as an individual. Obviously, had it all done with the PRC and one of their own as well, uh, doing it with them. And um this is this is probably a, a lot of people out there, Les, would feel if Limerick are to be beaten, this was the crowd that could beat them, uh, in terms of mano mano and the and the, the physique and the speed and, and everything that it has. And, for some ways, it might be a, a bit of a defining game for a four or five year period, like in some ways, you know. Uh, so, I, geez, it's mouth watering, isn't it? And, and it's incredible, yes. you know, like yeah. all, the, all the matchups that you can think of, right? Is Dahi going to pick up Gillan, Cooney, Hegarty, 
Finton, Tom Morrissey, possibly Sean Finn, Conor Whelan. They're, just, they're all over the place. Keen Not Lynch, to mention Kyle, Kyle Hayes, Joe Kenning, Kenning. Kyle Hayes. Yeah, like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's everywhere, right? And even the whole, like Joe Kenning and Gillan, both them kind of real sharpshooters. Just, just, just a phenomenal game coming up. You have to add in the Shane O'Neill factor. It's like a huge amount in the Pearson involvement in this Limerick team. He'd know all the Limerick players exceptionally well. It's a big game for the Would you be better off not knowing him, Dottie, Yeah, sometimes. Someone said, yeah, someone so, said that, that he'll know him. He'll know him like the back of his hand. I said, you might be as well off not knowing him. No, and I, I, I would say Shane knows Canerk fairly well too. And like, I would say Shane has been at every Limerick Championship game over the last number of years and he'll understand the system. And I thought that Galway broke the Wexford system very well first day out. Now, whether that was their effectiveness of the system or whether Wexford were poor, it turns out the Wexford were poor afterwards, but they still nailed it and kind of got around it very, very quick, right? And even the last day against Tipperary, let's say, when he conceded the goal, they jumped into David Brockett's sweeper straight away. They jumped into a new system. They changed up in the second half. So there's a lot of flexibility there. So they will be re- well prepped and well ready for this. Now, at the other side of it, like Limerick are to peak their powers, great monster champions, league champions, everything they would have wanted. Fell at the semi-final stage last year. Like, I was looking at the stats. Galway have three games played. They have four seventy-four scored. Limerick have three games played. They have three eighty-four scored. Galway have four sixty-one conceded in three games. Limerick have three sixty-one conceded in three games. It is exceptionally tight. There's just massive players. What I will say about this Galway team is the potential is in there. So if they hit the A game, if they're on on the money, they have the forwards to shoot the lights out. So it's in there. But go back to what you said at the start intriguing written we need any way you can get us into Crow Park I first tell you if I could get in myself Bard, the, the HSE won't let me in <laughs> I think that might be alright on Sunday if I could, okay, okay. I could somehow get a gig but I suppose it's hard for the boys in RT planning their lineups for the weekend when I'm only free on Sunday and yeah. I need to be symptom freed in for three or four days but anyway but Mark to yeah. look at Limerick I suppose we've talked a good bit about Galway like from last week like, can you see Kylie shaking it up you know the last day he went to his David Reedy centre, he left Kyle again. in the halfback yeah. line, uh, he left off Dara Donovan and he went with David Reedy centre forward. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Could you see something like Gillen not operating maybe on, on Dahi Burke and maybe bringing back in Shami Flanagan, mm, who, who did a no, fair job no. two I always, years ago? Yeah, Shami Flanagan is excellent now and he's been brilliant coming off the line uh, for them. I don't think John Kiley will tinker too much with his team, Anthony. I, I think there's two potential changes from what I see. Is potentially Richie English going to be fit to start in this match? If he is, I see Richie English coming in full back. I see Dan Morrissey going to wing back, and I see Kyle Hayes going up to centre forward, which I think gives them, which gives Limerick a real good balance to their team. Um, if if Richie English is not a, not uh, fit, I can see Keane Lynch going to centre forward. I don't think David Reedy will start. I think Daryl Donovan will come in in the middle of the field, and they leave well enough alone. Um, it seems like a very I want to say safe. That's not. It's probably just a tried and tr- tested scenario now, which likes to Shami Flanagan coming off the line, and could we see Pat Ryan coming in? He didn't see a, a whole pile of action the last day, so um, I think we don't know whether Richie English is going to be fit. But he was on the panel the last day, so I would expect when a fella is picked uh, on the panel, he will be available for selection. So there's a big decision there for them to make. Um, if Richie English does start. Well, I would definitely be playing Conor Whelan inside full forward on him then because I think Conor Whelan um, has savage pace. There's way more in him. In what but surely, Limerick, surely yeah. Limerick will say Sean Finn and Conor Whelan and they'll have the choice with the defender. Like. 
Yeah, but you have Brian Concannon, uh, who's going oh, to be no, 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 Cooney. They, they, they have a, a handful like Barry Nash. You know, who's he going to pick up? I, I, yeah, possibly, but I, I think, yeah, you can play a Sean Finn fullback. But yeah. I think, you know, would you prefer to play Richie in the corner? It's pie in the sky at the moment because we don't know whether Richie English is going to be... Yeah, uh, come on, TJ. Spill the yeah. beans there, will you? They, like, like Hoagies after telling us that like they would have had two hard okay, games. Like so. Yeah, but Hoagies after telling us, you know, come on, what, what, what's the, what's the <laughs> talk? I, I, I actually don't think Hoagies owned us anything. But anyway, I, I, I give him my opinion. <laughs> he, <laughs> learned, TJ, he, learned, he learned... That's a, that's what happens. You spend te- a decade with Cody. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Saying nothing. Walk away and say nothing. <laughs> I don't know the answer to the Richie English question, but my honest opinion here is, right, is this is a man that is cruciate in February, right? And, like, it's a massive ask. And, like, I've been involved with a couple of lads who came back from cruciate injuries, like Finton Brook, the most recent one, right? Like, it has to be gradual. I think to go as a manager, to go to a dock and say, is this man ready for 70 minutes championship hurling? I think... That most docs will be slow, Dale. You know that yourself. Like you know, this is this is get back into a club game, get a league game, get a bit of a game under your belt. Like, could he be called on for ten minutes? I just cannot see the possibility of Richie English starting. I can definitely see Dara Donovan definitely figuring it to start. I think it's a game tailor made for him. But for me, the Richie English, I would say, and this is, I have no uh, facts on any any situation. I would say no, he won't start. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you, you wouldn't see too many changes to the inside line either then. Like you think Gillan will go in no. on Dahi Burke? I do. I think, I, I think like Gillan has been leading that line to perfection there for the last number of years. I I think like look, I said this before, but Kinnerk doesn't like the overall system won't change a whole lot. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely no. very much built around Gillan being on the inside line. Yeah, I, I, a, I don't want to see that change. It was a bit like Nan Mark and Tony Kelly, Hoggy. They, yeah. they stuck to their own system and, and you know hit thirty six points. Yeah, I think, like, again, that's something I always, I've always kind of thought of and it's something we would have done is back yourselves. You know, Limerick have shown they're, 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 they've been the best team in the country. They're, you know, they fear no one. You know, why should we start picking our team? Okay, if there's a very obvious thing or if it's a very, you know, clear cut tactical thing, but, you know, back yourselves. This team, like, as you mentioned, Galan has shown that he can lead that line better than anyone. Why would you move him for fear that he's marking X, Y, or Z, you know? Sit out your stall. I, yeah, I think Dara Donovan in midfield. I think, I think um, um, Keane Lynch going centre forward is an obvious one, you know, because what Keane Lynch can bring you in that position. But they're picking their team based on what they want to do, you know, rather than what they think Galway are going to bring. And I, I, and I, I agree. I think Jesus making a decision to bring Richie English in, like whatever about bringing bringing a guy in at any level or at this level, coming back from a cruciate with no game time apart from maybe a, a training session or two is a is a is a huge call, you know, and. Uh, then in the backs in particular, like, you know, it's in the forwards, you know, if he misses a ball, it's okay. You get the next one kind of thing to a certain extent, but Jesus, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's, a, you know, it, it possibly sounds out the Ron Siglin as well as the likes of Barry Nash and these guys that we, we, look, we trust you up to a point, yeah. you know, but um, so no, I could, I'd be very surprised. If he's yeah, a guy, I, he's I, a guy that said is a ferocious leader in the group, TJ, from what I know of him and you know him better, but when I know Richie, like, be desperate honestly about him there. I remember being over the minors and he was just gone in a year and he came in doing the water. Joe McKenna asked him and Richie right. came in doing the water. I, said, I remember saying, well, what are you doing here, Richie? Like, yeah, just doing the old water, Dale. I'll be around the back with the backs there. He says, I'll do the water. You know, a good guy. I'd say he called it himself as well, TJ. And that's yeah, I, I, I think if I, he does declare himself 100% to go, 
he'll go like yeah I think that's why you did have him in there because he's a great lad around the setup. like but I still don't see him starting though like yeah like are we look at the possibility here of a sweeper-ish system from Galway I think today we'll probably follow the likes of um, Gerard Hegarty and, and, and Tom Morrissey and I, I'd say it could be a little bit like what Watford did in the Munster final but I'd say we see something similar here in, in, in much of those matchups and then they'll have a sweeper um, one thing as well Dale, I'm not sure what your view on this is I did think that Joe Canning was starting to come there's definitely signs here that he's starting to hit peak form he could be a key player I think I think if they get I, I, if it's a Joe Canning day I think on, on Sunday with the way the rest of the forwards kind of Cannon kind of wheeling and these boys kind of coming the way they've come to the table I think if we get a Joe Canning day it could be enough to swing a goal away yeah, he, he, he could find it hard, I think, if they leave Kyle there. Like, Jesus, he's just so fast, so strong. Like, Joe has all the touch, all the brains, all the experience. You know, I'm not, I'm not, they're different type of players, but I think at this stage of his career, be a tall order for him. I think he, he might like yeah, drifting you, out into the middle, picking up balls. Would you, would you, would you, would you, would you put him at 12? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Stick, sticking out, Max, sticking out. And Limerick won't change. Like, Dermot Burns would be number yeah. five long and he'd be supplying ball up the field. Like, and all of a sudden, if you're marking Joe Kenning, are you facing a situation? I can't give this for five or six yards because if he does, he'll pin three or four points off of me all day long. It, Niall Burke didn't start the last day, TJ. He started yeah. the final. What's the story there? Is he available or, or is he oh, he's available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I, I don't know this for sure, but my belief is that the day, even the changes at halftime weren't injury related. I said they were, they were actual changes. So yeah. I do believe that they are all available. Um, I think David Brooke will start. Um, yeah, like I, I'm sure. I, I, I can see Parig Manning going back cornerback instead of Shane, uh, Shane Cooney. Um, I think he'd be a fierce help in the full back line beside the high buck because I think if if you can shut down Galen, like like the Limerick half back half hour and they're gonna drift away back and they're gonna try and arrow balls into Galen as much as possible. I can see like I would be picking David Burke in the middle of the field now with Johnny Cohen and putting Mannion back on the back, in my yeah. opinion. I, I probably wouldn't see that. I think you're hard on Shane Cooney as well, but there, Mark. I do uh, think I want one or two one or two balls. I know this, go back, this isn't go back this isn't the match against Tipperary. This he isn't how he was anyway. This isn't parochial law in terms of weapons balls. Is he St. Thomas's, is he? Yeah. But he, he's, but he's a centre back. He's a centre back. You know, his use of one or two balls there, yeah, yeah, he under the cash, right? But he was man marking Jason Ford, right? And Ford didn't do a whole lot in the game. I think he might have got one point from play. So overall, I think he might be a little bit harder than him. I don't want to see any major change there for Galway. I think, I think that David Brock was out in the middle of the field. He could go into that sweeper role. So I, yeah, I, I think uh, I, 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 yeah, sorry. Looking at looking at the David Burke one, and again, it, it comes back to it's very hard to see it from the TV. Yeah. But my sense of it was. Like he was coming back to play that kind of sweeper role, and like his distribution of ball is incredible. Like he's he's the sweetest striker of ball as you'll see. But just in one or two passages of play, when the ball was delivered in, I felt he was there was too much distance between David and where the ball was actually being delivered to. You know, so as a sweeper, as a guy, you you want to be close to where that ball is breaking that you're you're getting onto it. I just felt he was he was too far. He's too separated from the play when it was in there. Fine when he got on the ball, he was coming out. He was he was spraying it and that kind of thing, but. Possibly that may have been a decision they made at half time was to, to try and take him off because you know what they were looking for in terms of that kind of sweeper, you know that he they were they wanted someone that was going to be closer to the action, kind of hoovering up more of that ball. It was just it was just something I I I know. I think I think Parik Mannion probably a better option yeah, to do that yeah. job if they're going doing it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you probably yeah. are alone. Hennon maybe do his own thing in at the other end, and you were saying right, we've Parik Mannion, one of the best defenders in the country. Let's face it, doing it for us and and a role for. David Burke in his natural midfield role. Yeah, I, I, I think that 
uh, could be the game of the year. I think Limerick will shade it, obviously, with my uh, hand in my heart. So I'm curious as to what your three calls are on this one. I'll go four calls even. We'll, we'll include Larry. I, I, I think Unmute yourself there, Larry. <laughs> I think, TJ, this is a bit like the deaf dog. It is. A hard one to call. <laughs> You're you're dead you're dead right. Like it, it potentially could be the game of the year. Um, I think for me, a lot will depend on how Galway have recovered from the match last weekend. If they are fully recovered and they play like they played in the Leinster final, I think they could turn over Limerick this weekend. I think shutting down Galan, shutting down the ball going into Galan will be the first and foremost thing. I wouldn't underestimate what Shane O'Neill is actually going to bring to the Galway setup in knowing the Limerick's um, the Limerick uh, game plan like the back of his hand. I've no doubt Limerick are the best team in the championship, and um, I think they've been favourites from the from day one. But I think if Galway are recovered enough, they're going. It, this one is going to go to the wire without a doubt. And okay. No, no, what's going on? What, what, what did Mark say? He was on the fence a little. It's going to go to the wire, but Limerick, is it? If it goes what? to the wire and Galan is shut down, I think Galway will win it. You're going for Galway win, so okay, that's that's grand. Hoagie? Yeah, I think, um, like we mentioned, there's massive matchups across the across the park in this game. Um, like there is in the, in the other match, I think there was a semi-finals that showed it's like, you can't have one, you can't be one trick pony, you can't have one focal point to your attack. You have, you know, all four teams have threats across the park. They're all able to score goals. Um, I think that in itself is going to lead to two great matches. I think this match, um, I think the pitch is going to suit both. It's going to suit Forsyth, but it's going to lead to a great match because you're going to be out in Crow Park. The wide expanse is going to allow the, the class forwards that are on display to really go and express themselves rather than, no disrespect, but slogging through the, the bog down in Limerick Gaelic grounds or in any of the, the, the regional grounds. I'll include any of the other regional <laughs> grounds like that as well. well. But but when it, it, you're talking November, when you're up in Crow Park, you know, it's a different surface. Um, so I think that's going to lend itself to a, a, a massive battle. Um, uh, but I do think, I, I, I picked Limerick from the outset, um, and I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise. I, I think they're the, the strongest team in the championship. I think the three weeks, we've mentioned it with Watford, I think it's the same with Galway. I think that three weeks on the trot coming in against the team as powerful as this Limerick side, I think ultimately would probably, you know, be the difference when it comes down to the final stretch, you know. So I'm going to go with Limerick in, in, in that match as well. So, Foggy, uh, Larry, call the finalists there for me, will you? Ah, uh, Limerick, uh, yeah, Limerick by uh, 28 points to 3-16. Just make up, add up that there, Larry. Sees it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that add up, does it? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry, you have the Limerick defence in all sorts of troubles, but still yeah, scoring yeah. massive. God, we have the taste yeah. for goals now. Okay, you'll just have to buy the paper on Saturday to discover what I met lads on, on this one, but uh, um, uh, Dela, look. come on, come on, come on, you can't leave us hanging, you can't let the pod listeners hanging, Dela, come on, uh, look, yeah, I, I've been hugely impressed, I think, by both the new managers, and I didn't think the new managers would really have much chance with the system. Hugely impressed with O'Neill, I have to say, his backroom staff, you know, everything they've done, but I just think this Limerick machine is ready, and I think the heart of last year's semi final will stand to them in the final <laughs> because I think I think they'll have enough to get over the I think it was all about getting back to this day for Kylie I think Munster was great and all but they had that done the, the league's done it's about getting back to this day and I don't expect them 
to let the chance slip now. I know Richie English thing and, and, and down my Casey as well out of there has been a question all year. I think they've given us answers against, you know, let's say three of their biggest rivals, like in that way, you know. So I think the little break, everything, everything will be ready. I think English will be ready to maybe come in and do something, maybe to shore up somebody to come in if a can cannon is going very well or something like that, they come in and do a job. And yeah, I just think Limerick that if Kyle Hayes I I, I was against it, I'd say, and I, I might be changing. I think they might leave him there now uh, as a kind of a wall half-back line. And I find it hard to see Galway getting a huge amount of change there. I think the possibility of the Darrow Donovan and Key and Lynch then to go in on Garrod McInerney. I don't think Garrod would be in love with picking up, obviously, one of the best players in the country. But just the way he plays, the distance he moves, the, the, the link-up play... Just give Limerick the nod on that, but I've been I've been so impressed with Galway. I mean, Galway could be here in the other semi final now, being Leinster champions realistically, yeah. and and gone straight through after be- dismantling Wexford and beating Kilkenny. It looked for a long time like they would, so we'd be on about the dream final if they make it. But it's not. Look, it's coming to us this Sunday anyway, whether it's final or semi final. So it's massive. Mm-hmm. But I I will give the nod for a, for a Limerick Kilkenny final and and. Uh, Look, sure, I, I just can't wait for the weekend. It's, it's Christmas coming early for all of us here. Um, and uh, we just we wish both referees the best of luck as well. We don't want to spend the first 20 minutes talking about uh, rugby tackles or anything like that like uh, this week. Um, so that's, that, that, that's great, great week. Obviously, it's a huge week for everybody in fantasy hurling as well. It's your last chance. You have five transfers, lads, and... You can change your captain by making your five transfers and then change your captain. That won't cost you a transfer. So, obviously, you know, you said at the start yourselves that it was a marathon, not a sprint. And obviously, the cream is coming to the top as well in our, <laughs> our own little mini league as well, uh, Larry. You know, Donald Burke to fall back on now, which you got the tip off from there early on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a real tip on that when they've nothing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look at it is, uh, but I'm watching the fella in third as well. I'll have to say I feel secure enough in the bottom three that um, you know, I'm going to be in Europe all right for next year. But whether I come out on top, I'd be fearing Gary Spillane because there's a big selection committee down there. The, the meet, are the meetings over? Or have he, no, have he we we done a team. We, we we had a meeting last night and we are making final calls on on Friday night. Um, the captain is going to be the huge call for everybody out there because it's double points. So you need to play the two games. That's that's the key call. The only thing that came up last night was because we only have five picks and I think I have about seven or eight players and I'm going to have two or three people that won't be playing over the weekends. The call that the youngest Cormac made last night was that we should leave Tony Kelly in. There's still a possibility he might score. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were saying when I was accepted him down as midfield. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, for you, Hoggy, like it's a it's a big one, Hoggy, because you've ninety seven points to spare with three games left. Or except no, we've no replays. Of course, has to finish on the day um, over Mister Landers. You're in a very strong position unless you go completely like. Well, I have uh, a feeling Landers might gamble on a Galway captain. You know, because you have to tip him now to be in the final, and that don't would be, be one that would catch out the rest of us. Don't oh, be giving my, him ideas, no, Dale. I don't know what Derek's thinking. Is. <laughs> don't be giving him ideas, Dale. Let him off, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might be throwing him off as well then by giving him ideas you see do you know any chance you might get Hoagie's captain who's who's your Hoagie TJ Reid I suppose yeah. Has to be. yeah yeah, yeah. not Carrington changing that 
No, 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 TJ. No, I've I've made my five changes. Unfortunately, I have a couple of guys that are not going to be playing. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. but, uh, get on the demo again. But, yeah. Get on the get on the laptop straight away there, Mark, and see what changes he's making. Will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. need you. Sure I enough, need some section. So that's the way to go, Mark. Because because uh, go with Galway and gamble because you're in such a bad position. You need to gamble, kid. But the way yeah. you're gambling at the moment, everything is coming off you like. I tell you now, Dela, I, I'm going to have a Kevin Keegan moment here before the end of the year. I would love to finish in second. <laughs> if I don't finish last. <laughs> you might win the FA Cup, though. Yeah, I think you, 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 you need better than a 6-4 to chance here now, Mark. You need, you, you need uh, a bit of something, something that a working man's price, don't you? You need yeah, something to yeah. come out and Dela, can I give a shout-out to a couple there? Um, Evan O'Connor is... Uh, top of the juvenile section, he's a Gary Splan, young fellow. Kind of, yeah. I, I said it before. Just he's picked an incredible team. He obviously, as I said, he's won, won definitely for a future manager for us. And the other one is Monaline, the under 10 guys there, their GA, they're second in the club section. And uh, Bernard was on to be there. I think they had some of the group and the selectors and the manager involved in the overall selection as well. So getting a good kick out of it, and obviously, know their stuff too because they're in second position. Jeez, you want to win everything this year, like, don't you? You've just gone hungry out. You're bullying, you didn't win the football now as well, like. Well, you see, we, we, we kind of came from a low base there for a number of years. Now that we're kind of climbing the steps, we, we like it. We want to stay there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. Uh, shout out as well, lads. We have to say on our listeners' uh, league, uh, Kiran McKillian, top, gone top, an incredible score of. 1166 points followed in six points by Gerard Grogan who's a club mate of mine I have two clubs like Clarecastle and Shannon Gales but he's out here in the west with me Gerard always fin- uh, does well and they are first and second on the overall leaderboard as well lads. so shout out to the podcasters or the, the, the listeners of the podcast uh, you're topping Sean the way you got to get on here lads and listen to the experts Get your team there, uh, Mark. You can stay out of it there. <laughs> but uh, you saw the video, lads. Beautiful uh, Hurley and two boxes from uh, Morn Hurleys in Westmead. Um, I put them up there. There's a wooden spoon in there as well. Like that, that'd be a special present to yes, and I tell you, for the end of the year, hopefully. That, that'd be for the Christmas party, then, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably in March. Well, like, <laughs> are Hoggy and Derry coming to that as well? Because yeah, the, oh yeah, the, that's, the, all, that's all. That's all. That's yeah. all in. Tony, Tony Lean is paying for everything there, Larry, isn't he? I think so, yeah. We might, yeah, have, yeah, um, yeah. We might have a T-shirt as well to throw into the mix there. We'll, we're, we're working on something over the next couple of weeks. So we'll, uh, great stuff, great we'll stuff. Few, and we'll actually, anyway. I've got a... Butlers uh, as well. Yeah, Butlers Hurley's who were the first in to say. So we, we have prizes coming from Butlers, Galore as well, and, and something for the juniors. And uh, actually, I, I bought a Clare jersey, TJ, the other day. Um, a young, a young fellas jersey... Um, for a great cause being run by Jess Kelly there in, in, in but she had a clear one got this girl that's that's battling uh, chemo now at the moment nine year old girl she, a jersey from every county was what but it was gone in so I said we might keep it as a prize um for this as well so we look at great great interest as great buzz out of it as well and um I haven't done any studying yet I, I just feel there's no need to rush into any of this I feel you can just relax take your time Open a bottle of red wine, Saturday, uh, Friday night, relax, sit down, go through where the, the you know, and come up with that little gym that'll oh, put you over the line. Who is he? I'm not sure. I put four or five in mind, but uh, it's picking him will be crucial, Mark. 
I just um, like I've I've made a few transfers already now. Can I switch out the transfers already that I've already done? No, no, they're nil. I've one left, and that's going to be the key one now. I just waiting for the teams to be announced on uh, Friday night. Yeah, could be and one this being, tor- this being Thursday, that might be your wisest move as well. You don't make any mistakes, find the horses or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> TJ, just, I see number 26 there on the uh, Galway panel, a young fellow by the name of Sean Blaheen. Is he a son of the, 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 the crowd that buy the storehouses, the foals and sells them a store, the Blaheens? Jeez, Jeez Mac, I, I, I can't neither confirm nor deny. I don't, I don't actually know. I do know the Blaheens, and obviously they have uh, sold on plenty really, really good horses. I know that. Absolutely, I know that's either, yeah. Right? Like, but yeah, just... just I, uh, put, put him in your fancy team. Put him in your fancy team. <laughs> <laughs> I was just dropping that to you, Hoagie, in case you got one, like, you know? He's a, do you know what I can say? He's a good hurler anyway, Mac, if you want. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good player for UCG, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one looking to a bit like Con Cannon. It could be next year, though, so I wouldn't be rushing him into my fantasy team this week. If I have, yeah, if you haven't wheeling, I'd be sticking in wheeling, maybe. I know. Just before you go, um, just on a, on, on a, a kind of a, a sad note, I, I buried a very good friend of mine, Tom O'Brien, from Killer recently in the last week, since we were talking in the last pod. And uh, he's a man that brought me to Crow Park for the first time when I was 11 years of age. Single man, non-drinker, non-smoker. Loved the hurling, loved the racing, and we had great, great years. Um, and on that day, he introduced me to Mihal O'Hare coming out of the stadium, and he knew exactly where he was going to come from. He was commentating in the game, and just to, to give out a shout to his, his family and his friends that he'll be sadly missed in the village of Killer. Uh, nice touch, Mark. And, uh, you know, there's been a few tragedies, I suppose, with the GA. We've seen the minute silences and that over the last few weeks. So, yeah, nice way to end it today, lads. You know, we, we bigger pictures. We always have the crack and we always want to bring home Liam and, you know, there's there's more going on. So, well put, go- Mr. Landers, even if you do get the wooden spoon, you touch a class there off you at the end of it. Yeah, I was, I was going to say to Mark there um, in the game that he's in, Mark, you, you know what the difference between time and money is? No, tell me. Everybody knows how much money they have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll get the other side of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well said, well said, TJ, well said. And uh, look at everyone. Hopefully the weather stays good, lads. We have the best pitch in the country. Uh, It's going to be an incredible weekend. Uh, Let the games begin and we'll try and dissect them uh, next week. Good luck from everyone. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. 